Hello, SFF Yeah listeners. Welcome to Backlist to the Future, our bi-weekly installment of recommendations from the deep and sometimes dusty corners of science fiction and fantasy. Because one show every two weeks is just not enough to cover all the books we want to talk about. I'm Jen Northington. I'm recording on August 9th. And today I'm going to talk about books that I read because someone else recommended them, which seems like maybe obvious, but I was thinking about it. And I actually don't often read books because they were specifically recommended to me. I'm usually reading books because either A, they were available from the library, or B, uh, they are coming up for publication and I'm reading them for work. And so I'm you know, reading them because they're in the catalogs. Um, and I'm not reading them because of a specific person being like, read this book. So it's actually pretty rare that I do that, which makes me a little bit sad. But that's one of the perils of working in books. Um, but I had two books in the last couple of months that I read very specifically because somebody else was like, this book or this author is great. So I'm going to talk about those books and just I'm going to share. I'm going to pass it on. I'm going to share the love. Before I do that, we are making sure that y'all know that if you want to escape the dog days of summer with a perfect book recommendations, get it? You can let tailored book recommendations pick awesome books to keep you entertained. Touch grass, grab some lemonade, enjoy TBR's picks. What it is, is a quarterly subscription. Um, it's great for readers of all stripes and there's plans for every budget. So you can get book recommendations either via email and then get them from your library or maybe your own shelf. Or you can get actual physical books in the mail. Uh, so go to mytbr.co. That's mytbr.co to find out all of the details. You can sign up. There's a fun survey. It's a good time. All right. Let's hear from a sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of The Familiar by Lee Bardugo. This is one I'm actually super excited about. I liked Lee Bardugo's other adult fantasy books. And so I'm really looking forward to this one. It's set in the Spanish Golden Age during a time of high stakes political intrigue and glittering wealth. It follows Luzia, a servant in the household of an impoverished Spanish nobleman who reveals a talent for little miracles. Her social climbing mistress demands Luzia use her gifts to win over Madrid's most powerful players. But what begins as simple amusement takes a dangerous turn. Luzia will need to use every bit of her wit and will to survive, even the help of Guillén Santangel, an immortal familiar whose own secrets could prove deadly for them both. So The Familiar by Lee Bardugo is on sale now. And like I said, it's a must read of the season. It's perfect for anyone who loves history, a little bit of magic, a lot of danger. You can get your copy now at LeeBardugoTheFamiliar.com. And thanks again to Flatiron Books, publisher of The Familiar by Lee Bardugo for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang. So this is an interesting love story. It's great for fans of Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow and High Fidelity. It's set in the mid-90s at NYU. And it follows young Wang, who has gotten the advice of love through Chinese numerology from his uncle. So he believes that he will have seven great loves in his life. And then he meets Irena in 95. 
and she's like the best. She's brilliant, charismatic, quick-witted, funny. They fall in love. But the thing is, she's number six. So if he is to have seven great loves, does that mean his time with Arena is going to come to an end? So this is a love letter to Western pop culture, Eastern traditions, and being a first-generation New Yorker. Make sure to check it out. And thanks again to Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang for sponsoring this episode. My first pick is also the one I read the most recently. And here's a pro tip from being in the book business. Always read author acknowledgments because you never know what fascinating things you're going to find in there. I love reading the acknowledgments. And they're actually kind of hard to write, I've discovered, as somebody who has now co-edited two anthologies. Um, So when somebody does a good job at it, I'm like, oh, I love it so much. And I just recently finished a book for work, Blue Beautiful World by Karen Lord, which I would have read anyway because Karen Lord. But it's coming out it's uh, it's so good. Um, and I read Karen Lord's acknowledgments at the end of this, and she calls out two author friends specifically, and one of them was Tessa Gratton. And I was like, oh, I've never read Tessa Gratton, but if, like, Dr. Karen Lord is telling me that she thinks Tessa Gratton is amazing, like, maybe I should read some Tessa Gratton. So I went to the library app, Libby app, and Lady Hotspur was immediately available, so I borrowed it, not realizing (laughs) that it's technically number two in the Innis Lear series. But the good news for all of us is that it takes place like a 100 years after the first book, The Queens of Innis Lear. So it's fine. You can, I read it first. It's fine. I'm just going to treat Queens of Innis Lear like a prequel when I finally get a hold of that one, which my library just like didn't even have. So I'm waiting on it. Um, But, you know, they described Lady Hotspur as a, you know, Shakespearean political fantasy. And I was like, yes, sure. Let give it to me. I will read it. And oh, it's so good. y'all. It's really, really, really good. Uh, It follows primarily, although we get POVs actually from a lot of characters that I did not expect we were going to get brief POVs from, which I really loved. Um, But there's three young women, Mora, who has been the heir to the throne. Uh, Hal, who is the daughter of um, the newest, you know, ruler of this kingdom. And then Lady Hotspur, that's a nickname, that's not her like actual name, but she's known as Lady Hotspur, who is a knight. And uh, when Hal's mother, you know, rebels against the current ruler, comes back from exile, overthrows everything, Mora and Hal and Hotspur all have to figure out like, now what happens with their lives? And it is far from easy. This book goes some dark places. I will give some content warnings for PTSD, death fixation, and violence and gore. Um, There's a lot of battles. There's a lot of politicking. There's a lot of like vivid descriptions of of violence. Um, But it was so well written, y'all. Like the pacing is so good. The way that Tessa Gratton handles these three characters' conflicts and loves and hates and like revenge plots and prophecies and destinies and, you know, misconduct and just everything is so compassionate and really leaves you guessing like what is gonna happen like it is it was not obvious to me at any moment how this was gonna end and it doesn't end without tragedy 
But also, and I think this is extremely important, it does give us a happy queer ending. One happy queer ending. There are also tragedies. But there's one happy queer ending, which is just like a bomb for the soul, especially in these modern times where everything is under attack forever. So this is me co-signing Tessa Grattan via Karen Lord. Uh, Lady Hotspur is great. I can only assume that the Queens of Innislear is just as good. Highly, highly recommend. And then my speculative pick was recommended by the very excellent Danica Ellis, who writes Our Queer Shelves newsletter. Um, I'm going to leave a link to the show notes uh, in the show notes for that because you are going to want to subscribe to that newsletter. It's got great stuff. And it now has uh, bonus content for paying subscribers, which is super cool. Um, and Danica has a real eye. They've been running the Lesbrary website, if you've heard of that, for just like a bajillion internet years. And uh, one of the books that they called out in a newsletter, I think it was probably last year, was Buffalo is the New Buffalo by Chelsea Vowell. This is a short story collection. Y'all know how I feel about short stories. I love them so much. Um, And it is fascinating what Vowell is doing here, not to be confused with Sarah Vowell, who writes nonfiction history. No, Chelsea Vell uh, is a Métis writer who is doing like indigenous futurism, specifically Métis futurism. Um, And, you know, imagining there's alternative history in here. There's a future tech story about, you know, cryogenics. There's everything in between. And Val is playing with format, structure, uh, so many different types of storytelling in this. And then, and this is not something I have like seen anybody do ever before. I literally have never seen this before. I loved it so much. I now want like a lot of books to have this, but Val clearly has like an academic background. And so each story, which is like an excellent example of fictional storytelling, is then accompanied by a dive into why Val wrote this story, what they were, you know, what she was trying to do with the story, like what these forms meant and why she selected them, the context inside of Métis culture. I mean, so many different angles and like very thoughtful and like a little bit academic, which is my jam. Um, So I was not prepared for how down the rabbit hole. I was going to go with this short story collection. Also, side note, the cover is stunning. It's absolutely stunning. Like, I'm going to need to get a copy of this book so that I can just have it on my shelf face out forever. Um, It's beautiful. And it does. It has, you know, queerness. It has indigenous characters struggling with all kinds of different things, not limited to racism, but including. Um, There's really thoughtful meditations on what family means, on what it means to be alone versus part of community. Uh, There's fascinating thought experiments around language. I mean, it's just such a good short story collection. Like it is, it's possibly a perfect short story collection, y'all. It's really, really, really good. Um, And it just goes so much further than I was prepared for. And I really loved that experience. And I'm going to need to reread it like 14 more times because I'm sure I missed things and I may will never get things um, because they're outside of my, you know, community and experience. But I just, I just loved everything about this experience. Uh, so content warnings, racism, suicide, drug use and overdose and violence. Um, obviously some dark materials because, you know, 
the Indigenous and Métis people specifically have dealt with a lot of violence and dark times in their current and past history. But it's a really triumphant collection, and I can't wait to see more from Vowel. Uh, so yeah, two really amazing recommendations in the last few months. It's like it's like people know what they're talking about when they recommend books. <laughs> ah, so anyway, pick them up. Um, again, that last one was Buffalo is the New Buffalo by Chelsea Vowell. And then I was talking about Lady Hotspur by Tessa Grattan. SFFES sound edited by Caitlin Brame. Many, many thanks to her for making us sound great each and every episode. And thank you all for listening. As always, you can email us, sffyeah at bookriot.com. If you feel like sharing like a really stellar wreck that you got recently, uh, we'd love to hear about that. Uh, we also accept pet pictures, theme suggestions, you know, you name it. And if you feel like reviewing us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever, uh, we would super appreciate that. It helps other people find the show. And speaking of finding us, you can find me on Tumblr and Blue Sky as Jen IRL, J-E-N-N-I-R-L, or on Instagram at I am Jen IRL. Happy reading! Happy reading!